Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I'm Dr. Jay Calvert, and I am here today with Dr. Millicent Ravello. Millicent, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? What do you think of this studio? We are in the Action Park Media Studios. Yes, we are, and I am loving it. This little, is a great studio. A little different than the... Uh, 120 South Spalding Waiting Room Studio that we've been doing the podcast in, Which isn't is, it? It's very cozy and nice over there, but this is a whole nother level. It is. And I think as a way to tee this off, we should talk about mommy makeovers. I agree. I do love a good mommy makeover. As a mommy yourself, mm-hmm. you are skilled in the mom. You know what to do. <laughs> For the mommy makeovers. That I do. I understand the mommy makeovers. I understand the patients. I definitely get where they're coming from. I do too, from a much more a daddy standpoint, because mm-hmm. we have four kids. Me yes. And my lovely wife, Chris, that uh, has not had a mommy makeover, as a oh. matter of fact. But I think she's she's thinking about it. You know, it's down the road. But I think for the mommies out there, a mommy makeover really is any combination of sort of torso rejuvenation, including breast and some sort of tummy, abdomen, flanks procedure. Yeah. The parts of the body that definitely take a beating during pregnancy and breastfeeding. The, the kids are not kind oh, to the gosh. female body. Oh, parasites, and then they're little suckers, and then oh. It's we brutal. love them. Love the kids. Love the kids. Love the kids. Don't want to. Don't want to disparage yeah, the kids not, in any way. We're not going to give them form. back. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. There's no returns on that one. Um, but uh, they but do wreak havoc. They do. And yeah. you know what I've seen too is I think you know the first one you can kind of bounce back. The second mm-hmm. one things start to take a little bit of a toll. It's true. But it's the third one that really <laughs> kicks the crap out of you. I mean, spoken it's rough. like the father of four children. <sighs> that third kid, man. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when they're eight pounders. Ooh. Yes. Well, I think the whole thing with the mommy makeovers, you know, there's people ask, what exactly is a mommy makeover? What does that mean? And it can mean a variety of things. But like you touched on, usually it includes some form of abdominal rejuvenation. I would say that's probably first and foremost the key. And then, generally speaking, it has to do with the breasts as well. A lot of times with pregnancy, with breastfeeding, the breasts become deflated. They lose volume. They lose shape. But it could also be anything else. You know, if there's other things you want to throw into the mommy makeover, it could be an abdominal surgery with liposuction of the thighs. You know, we didn't talk about this before, but we can probably go into a little bit of vaginal reconstruction and rejuvenation. Sure. The labioplasty is very, very common with the mommy makeover. With the mommy makeover. So there's no set group of surgeries that constitute a mommy makeover. It's really whatever that particular patient, that mommy comes to you with, with concerns about. My most common combination is a breast lift mm-hmm. with implants yes. and an abdominoplasty. Yes. And I usually some it. flank liposuction. Correct. And probably 20% wind up doing some sort of labioplasty as mm-hmm. well. That That's my most common package Absolutely. that I would call as the mommy makeover. And I think doing it all together makes sense. Although it is a longer procedure. It is not a small procedure. Not no. for the patient, not for the surgeon. It's a it's a big deal. Yeah, and, and you have to really think it through. As I always say, and I, I know I say, I feel silly almost saying this, but the main thing is to make the proper diagnosis as to what the problems are. And what I mean by that is really spending time analyzing the abdomen. Mm-hmm. You know, are the are the rectus muscles, those washboard 
you know, six pack muscles right. stretched apart? Do they need to be brought together? Is there laxity of the lower abdomen? Because, of course, the babies tend to push out the lower abdomen more so the up, uh, right. than the upper because there's a missing layer of abdominal wall fascia. The, the lining of the abdominal wall is thinner below the belly button than it is above. Right. And that's why that area tends to pooch out. Yeah, pooches out with the baby and it stays pooched out. No matter how in shape you are, no matter how fit you are, no matter how quickly you lose the baby weight, that lower abdomen is always a little pooched out. Well, and it's because of, there was a there was a baby. large baby in there that <laughs> did some damage, and that you know, it's, and it's not just the baby. The uterus is big. When you and and we can also add to this equation the fact that it's got to be a fifty percent C section rate. It's got to be in Los Angeles. It's going up. I mean, I definitely it's get nuts. calls for, can you come close my C-section scar? You know, scheduled C-section. They know they're going to have it. So it's, it's pretty common, I would say. You know, uh, especially in the busy lives. You got working moms. You got time for a natural childbirth. <laughs> <laughs> we got plans. We have deadlines. We're going to have unnatural childbirth. <laughs> That's how this is working. But I think the C-section scar is an issue because, you know, again, when it's, you know, and, and a lot of these don't heal very well, and it's not because, you know, the person sewing them up is not interested, or it's because everything is so stretched out mm-hmm. and swollen, and, you know, it's a hard closure to make it awesome. And so a right. lot of these C-section scars need to, to be, be revised. revised. And so- to be fair, that's not the goal of a C-section. You know, they're trying to get the baby out safely and make sure mommy and baby are safe, and they close totally. the abdomen well, but no, they're not trying to make it a perfect closure. No, it's not an abdominoplasty. No, that's for sure. And and it shouldn't be. And I don't understand how some women get an abdominoplasty at their C-section, which I, I don't I don't even know how you can do that. But there are plastic surgeons that offer that. I I don't. No, no. I will not do that. Just no. I will no, I don't think that's a great idea. At you got all. a big bag of no on that one. I have I a huge bag of no. <laughs> right, so that's not happening. Uh, but the abdominoplasty can, you know, be coupled with that C-section scar revision. Um, there's also the monsplasty because, mm-hmm. again, when that C-section scar isn't right, then you get that poof of the mons tissue. The which mons is not, being that pubic yeah, area. The pubic the, area. The pubic hair region is but called the, the mons. A lot of them are devoid of pubic hair these days. The laser hair removal is very effective. Is and true. a lot of people just, you know, Brazilian <laughs> the, that stuff where away. Where the pubic hair normally is. Where it would be, normally be located. But that's called the mons. And that area is often a puff of not great tissue because it's scarred down above. And I really think that there's a component of lymphedema in that that causes it to be sort of puffy and not right. Mm-hmm. So when you fix all that, you can make things look really great. And, uh, you know, abdominoplasty is not a small procedure. As you said, you got to gear up for that. There's mm-hmm. a lot of time to return to your your exercise routine. You got to heal it first. I always tell people there's like a, you know, there's a two-week sort of healing period for the abdominoplasty. And then you get to start easing back into more regular activities. And by eight weeks to 12 weeks, you can plan on getting back to exercise but it won't be totally healed at all. You still have a long way to go. Yeah, I mean, up to a year, you're still going to have twinges and and some little things, yeah. You know, irritations. So when we say abdominoplasty, we sort of touched on the basis of what we're doing. But I would say, and you probably do the same thing. I have a pretty set 
grouping of procedures I do with an abdominoplasty. So the main thing that the patients usually come in for is they have some extra skin. So the skin, the extra skin needs to be removed. And then the abdominal wall, as we touched on, those rectus or six-pack muscles are usually separated a little bit. Some women just a little bit, some women a lot. So we have to bring those muscles back together. That's called a diastasis repair. And then usually there's some liposuction that happens of whatever residual fat is still behind. And in every abdominoplasty case, except for many abdominoplasties, you do relocate the abdomen or the, the umbilicus, the belly button. Of course. Yeah, you, you have to get all that extra skin above the belly button out as well. Right. The skin comes down like a window shade. You mm-hmm. trim off the excess, bring the belly button through the skin flap, right. and reinset it. But the belly button stays attached to yes. the abdominal wall. People yes. always think that, are you going to like throw away my belly button no, or no. lose it on the back you table? I'm like, it. <laughs> no, it stays there, and we bring the skin over it and bring it through. Bring it through a new hole. Yeah, and so that that's the basic concept. And, of course, then the breast procedures you're talking about doing – you know, implants or just a lift or possibly fat grafting in implants mm-hmm. or just fat grafting, which I've done a lot of recently. People have a, a thing about implants right now, which is a subject of another podcast. But um, what, whatever you do, you're trying to rejuvenate the breasts. And the lift is usually a key portion you of that. You usually need a lift because the breasts have had the same, you know, beating up as the abdomen has had. So with pregnancy comes enlargement of the breasts. If you've breastfed, your breasts have enlarged. And then once all of that's done, they sort of shrink back down. But now you're left with all this extra skin from when they were larger. And in a weird, unfortunate twist of fate, sometimes you actually lose the fat and volume of your original breast. So you've lost breast volume and now you have extra skin. So what you end up with is what's sort of a deflated breast. The nipples might be a little bit lower than they were. So you have to remove that extra skin, and frequently you have to restore volume in some way. And those things all add up to a much better-looking breast, which is the whole idea. The whole and that's, point. that's the whole that's point. That's why we want, we're like, here. This is a mommy makeover. And, you know, the mommies, you know, it's a lot to have these kids. And so I think they definitely deserve it. They should get themselves on the schedule and get this A thousand percent. Thing of their body that's, yeah. you know, they've given so much to their children. Let's rejuvenate it, make it look great. But there are risks, as uh, with all uh, surgical procedures. I think the biggest problem that we have with all these things are the scars. You know, they just yeah. don't look great sometimes. They don't heal well on a lot of people. You get keloids. And so scar management is a big part of the mommy makeover. Right. These are big procedures, big scars. No matter how well we close them, there's no way around the fact that you're going to have scars on your abdomen, scars on the breasts. Right, because the skin doesn't go away by magic. There's no like, there's no magic wand. You know, everybody's trying to do minimally invasive surgery. We're like maximally invasive. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we are like, it's a big deal. These are big incisions. They have to heal well. So, I always tell patients too that part of the deal is you got to follow up. You got to come back to the office and you got to be seen. If you don't do that, I mean, how can we manage the wound healing that's necessary to get the great result? Right. No, for all of that, I I totally agree. And I think that you were right on with the recovery of this, kind of going on to what happens after your mommy makeover. I tell my patients, you are going to be miserable and you are going to hate me for the first week. Like, you're going to literally hate me. You shouldn't tell them that. (laughs) But then they do. (laughs) But it's true. They're like, Dr. Robello, I I I do literally hate you right now. (laughs) And then after a week, they're feeling better. It's more like dislike than I'm going to work on that narrative hate. with you. I really am. I, I don't want you to tell them you're going to hate me. You should say, you know, 
you may not be my friend for a week. <laughs> you may think that I don't like you for a week. Maybe, but no, you don't hate you. They hate me. They do. They I mean, do. it's a big deal because it, it hurts. It hurts. And, you know, you're walking bent over for a week, so the back starts to hurt a little bit. And after a week, you're starting to stand up straight. Things are coming back to how they were. Two weeks is when I say you're going to be back to your activities of daily living. You're going to the grocery store, maybe getting That's back right. to driving. For but sure. then I say give it a good six to eight weeks before you even think about going back to the gym or doing any kind of working out. If you have an office job where you can sit down, maybe go back to work at four weeks. But ideally six if you can do it. Why do I send them back at two weeks? Because you're mean. <laughs> Am I just mean? You're just mean. <laughs> I think I think they're good to go at two weeks. You know, they probably are, but I, I do. I, I say if you have the time, four weeks. Well, if you it. have the time, but you see that a lot of these people don't. If you don't have the time, then two weeks. And, two they, weeks. and they do okay. I mean, I, I don't love the two-week window, but it's what yeah. people can typically get. Oh, yeah. Um, three is better. Four is, you know, luxurious, I think, for this procedure. Yeah. But I think you can do it in two. You really can't do it in one. Absolutely no, not. No, you way. really can't. No. This is, I mean, it's like a C-section, you know, and I know that these hospitals have these, you know, poor moms walking around with their C-sections like the next day. I'm like, what's wrong with you people? You just did a major abdominal surgery. You pulled a person out of this woman's abdomen and you have them walking around? No. You need to let them rest. And they're like, ah, we're going to get them home. Yeah, and they do. They literally kick them out of the hospital. They do. But that's a whole other thing. That's another that's podcast. A whole, that's a whole nother. Let's not talk about insurance or I'll really start throwing some F-bombs around. Yes. But, I, you know, the other thing, too, we kind of need to talk on a little bit is when should you have your mommy makeover? You know, and, and the number one thing is going to be when you're done having children, right? Definitely. Like you, you have to be done with the process. You have to be done. And so you have to really make sure that you're not going to have more kids in the future. And I would say... You know, you can probably do it. I would say the earliest would be six months after your last child. I don't think I would really want to do it earlier because your abdomen, your muscles are definitely still contracting and getting smaller in those first six months. So it's a little premature to do it before then. And then you have to be at a stage where you can take some time off from being a mom for a couple of weeks because you're not going to be able to run around after these kids. So That's you right. need to have some kind of support system in place, whatever that is for you, because you cannot be picking up your children, putting them in cribs, putting them in car seats the first, you know, four weeks afterwards. You need no, help. You have, to, you have to be ready to have support. You can't just yeah. drop your kids at the, at the kennel and uh, <laughs> go have an abdominoplasty. Like, there's no. got to be some planning here. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Do they have kennels for children? Because we've never... We, I, I think I it's think, called daycare. Oh, okay, good. No, we, <laughs> we just, I mean, we always had like... We just, you know, you have to plan. We have to plan everything. I mean, just four kids is like a, a zoo. Yeah, it's a and, general And so how army. are you going to have surgery, you know, especially as, you know, uh, you got to just, you got to think this one through. You got to plan for it. <laughs> you got to think it through. But again, I don't want to disparage the kids. We love the children. Happy to have them. But let's... Take care of the moms and make their mm -hmm. their bodies look amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a lot of options. The best thing to do is to get into the office, have a consultation, uh, and really think through what you want to do. And and the more information you have, the better you can do with this type of an operation. I agree. You know, I think moms really feel bad sometimes taking time for themselves or doing something just for themselves. I have a lot of patients that say they feel selfish or they don't know if they can take time away from their family. 
But that's, you know, moms do that. They feel guilty. But this is the one time when you really can and should take care of yourself. If you have the support and you have the financial means to do so, you know, it's a great procedure. And, well, let's talk about that a little bit. It's not cheap. So, you know, let's talk about the cost of doing them because everybody likes to beat around the bush on that. I don't. I want to really, you know, hone in on what it is to have two big operations that are going to take six to whatever, seven hours possibly to do together. And you're talking about breast implants. You're talking about uh, lifts. You're talking about an abdominoplasty. I mean, the cost. That's four surgeries right there. In Beverly Hills, this is an expensive operation. The average cost of these procedures around the United States in general, a breast lift or implants is probably, you know, a breast lift with implants is probably average eighty five hundred to nine thousand dollars in other parts of the country. Other parts of the country. In Beverly Hills, it's probably fifteen thousand dollars on average for that one procedure, and then in the rest of the country, an abdominoplasty is probably ten thousand dollars, maybe yeah. eight thousand to ten thousand dollars. In Beverly Hills, that's also probably sixteen thousand dollars to eighteen thousand dollars, and then you're talking about combining them. So you do get some benefit from combining the two procedures. But somewhere in in the United States, you're looking at probably $18,000 combined. In Beverly Hills, you're probably looking at $25,000 combined. That's real money. I think those are reasonable numbers. Yeah. And I think that's real money. I I do not look at that as like, shh, piece of cake. Everybody's got that. I mean, it's a lot of money. You have to look at financing options if you need to. And you really have to think it through because you know, this stuff is not cheap and it is elective, um, but an insurance doesn't cover it. So you're really looking at, you know, shelling out again in today's world. It's not a car, but maybe it's some it cars. Could it, it could, could be. be. There's, yeah. you know, you go to the, you know, there are cars that you can buy for that. So it's a lot of money. And I do not sneer at that. I don't it, pretend that it's like a piece of cake for people to come up with that especially if you've got four kids. If I had to buy a couple mommy makeovers, I'd be really bumming. (laughs) So it's it's not cheap. But uh, if you're going to do it, plan for it, and you can get it over the line. I agree. Well, I think we kind of, you know, hit the highlights of this one. We'll come back on some of these other procedures in future podcasts. So stay tuned uh, to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. We uh, are covering lots of different topics we're having a great time with this we're getting a lot of listeners which is really awesome i'm pleasantly surprised that there are people really cranking up and tuning into this yeah they're interested they are and they and we've got uh, the answer so direct message us if you have questions and uh we will bring you some more anything else dr ravello nope i think we got it cool well this is the beverly hills plastic surgery podcast coming to you from the 90210. The Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast is brought to you by Rock Spa. This is Medi Spa, located both in Beverly Hills and Newport Beach, providing services such as Botox, fillers, lasers, and all therapy, as well as hydrofacials and all the aesthetic products you could possibly need. It's run by the medical director, me, Dr. Jay Calvert. Rock Spa Beverly Hills is located at 120 South Spalding Drive in Suite 340, Beverly Hills, 90212. The phone number there is 310-777-0496. And Rock Spa Newport Beach is located at 1617 West Cliff Drive, Newport Beach, California, 92660. The phone number there is 949-644-1111. 
You can go to their respective websites, rockspanewportbeach.com or rockspabeverlyhills.com. Rockspa was created to help my patients maintain their aesthetic beauty in between whatever operations they have throughout their lives. It's something that allows patients to come in, get their facials, skin treatments, take care of all the Botox fillers and lasers that they need to keep up their beauty. And if they've invested in any of the aesthetic operations I perform, it's the way to maintain those operations. If you mention this podcast, you will get the member's pricing for your hydrofacial. The Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast is the way that Dr. Ravello and I talk about the issues that are important to us in plastic surgery, but there's nothing better than getting to take care of our patients and do plastic surgery. Our practices are located in Beverly Hills, and I also have a satellite office in Newport Beach. If you'd like to get more information about our actual plastic surgery practices, you can take a look at my practice at drcalvert.com and Dr. Ravello. Ravelloplasticsurgery.com. My phone number is 310-954-1355, or you can contact us directly through the website, ravelloplasticsurgery.com. You can learn about my practice at drcalvert.com, and you can reach my office by calling 310-777-8800, and that will get you an appointment either in Beverly Hills or at the Newport Beach office. My practice is located in Beverly Hills. Our office phone number is 310-954-1355. You can also contact us directly through the website, which is rovelloplasticsurgery.com. We look forward to seeing you in the office for some aesthetic tune-ups.